ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and everybody in between. Welcome to another episode of the Jake Botel Sports Experience. My name is Jake Botel, and I'm privileged to be joined again on this episode. This is like the third time in a week and a half. We've got John Turner, the one and only, the mogul from the football mogul from a footballworld.com, uh, joining us to talk about his latest article, um, absolutely cranking out the content now. Um, he, he's done some awesome stuff on uh, XFL uh, 2023 and how it's, if it's done right, it can change the game. You should go and read that. Um, go and read his article about um, uh, one that I really liked from a while back was why the XFL should be making a play for Kevin Colbert from the Steelers um, to sort of help homogenize the identities of the teams across the league. But his latest one is NFL ranking the available coaching vacancies in 2022. John, welcome back to the show. How are you? I'm really good. Thanks for having me again. We're, at this point, we're practically related. That's right. <laughs> we are essentially, um, you know, just two men uh, dwelling in the middle of nowhere in the mountains in our respective countries. Yeah, we're essentially blood brothers from different parts of different wildernesses. That's that's how we can describe it, I think. Um, <laughs> have to, yeah, when we finally get together, you know, uh, we'll just have to do the, the blood pact handshake and, and seal the deal. Um, <laughs> that's right. Home um, slates. <laughs> that's right. Um, so you've written another banger of an article, um, the NFL head coaching vacancies. You, you've gone through and ranked them, having a look at things like cap space and, you know, roster makeup and, and all these sorts of things, including um, some, some good analysis. I thought of, you know, the fact that some of these states have better uh, tax systems in place, <laughs> make your dollar spread a little further in some of these joints. Um, you've written this article. It's got all nine um vacancies though some of those vacancies have now been filled we've got um nathaniel hackett at the broncos and we have uh it's looking like matt eberflus from the tennessee titans taking the job in chicago but i wanted to start um with your thoughts on the minnesota vikings now i had heard a lot of sort of feedback from different people saying, Oh, the Vikings, what a great landing spot. You know, you've got a really talented roster, one of the highest scoring offenses, um, all these sorts of things. Like there's lots of talent. It's a talented roster. That's almost there. So I was really interested to get your thoughts because you sort of came at it from a perspective that this is a tricky spot to land. Um, you know, they're $13 million in the red in terms of cap space. Um, uh, and Kirk Cousins is on the last year of his deal, and that's currently going to cost the Vikings $45 million in 2022, and all of that counts as dead cap money. There's nothing to be saved by, you know, cutting Cousins or whatever. So but they've got a new GM in Kwesi Adolfo Mensa, who replaces Rick Spielman. Um, who, sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's a Gesundheit. That's right, yeah. Um, so he, uh, he replaces Rick Spielman. Um, he started life as a commodities trader on Wall Street, got a gig in research and development with San Francisco, worked as the Browns VP of football ops in 2020 and 2021. What are your thoughts on the Vikings? What is, it, what is with this spot? 
I thought you were going to tell me he was like some sort of a cryptocurrency expert. You know? <laughs> if only. Uh, that, that is a weird career path for the mm. NFL. Uh, you know, the Vikings are, are a little funny to me. Um, they took Christian Darisol in the first round, my favorite offensive lineman in the draft last year. Um, nobody is accusing him of being Tristan Wirfs, uh, you know, elite already at this point in his career. I mean, they kind of gave Wirfs the, the, the trophy uh, last year um, and had high expectations, and he lived up to them uh, this year. Sometimes I think it's all on a matter of where you land who your coach is and the supporting cast around you too. But, um, you know, so you've got that piece there. All right. Um, Jefferson, elite wide receivers, crazy good. Uh, he's every bit of as good as, you know, Steph, uh, Stefan Diggs and maybe even like, um, who's the LSU kid in, 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 uh, in Jamar Cincinnati. Chase. Kamar Chase catching them all from Burrow. He's, you know, he's kind of right on those two guys' level. Catches them all, can break away, yards after catch, take the hit, you know what I mean, uh, make moves fancy. Um, but the Minnesota Vikings have had this weird ability to be a turnoff for elite wide receivers come contract time or even before, you know, Stefan Diggs wanted out of there, Randy Moss had, you know, let him go straight cash homie. Um, is Jefferson another, you know, solid young receiver to kind of want to get out of that city, especially the new coaching staff that's going to want to lean on their best players as soon as he gets in the door. Speaking of best players, Dalvin Cook. Mm. Um, at about a half a yard less this year per carry than he did last year. Still got him over a thousand. Um, but when you're a new coach taking over a team that has had a knack for losing these close games, and one of the things you're probably going to do is lean a little harder on your running backs. And, and Dalvin Cook has now over that 750 carry Rubicon for a running back's career. And that's usually when running backs start to kind of fade off uh, a little bit. Um, there's rare anomalies, Derek Henry, Ricky Williams, that can just carry it 750 times a year <laughs> yes. and, 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 and never really seem to slow down, you, you know what I mean? But uh, no matter, regardless of how high they get. Uh, but uh, that doesn't happen all the time. And some of these running backs, I think, get a little discontent um, with – maybe the type of offense that a new guy brings in, they want out of there. Wouldn't surprise me if a guy like Alvin Kamara says that in, in New Orleans, you know, we'll have to see who gets there. But Dalvin Cook did sign a big deal, uh, but it's kind of got a nice pretty out clause for the team after the end of this upcoming season. So, you know, most of the time when you're a movable object on a team, you're going to play a little harder because if they decide to move on from you, your trade value is a little higher uh, or a team like the chiefs who mm. thinks they can win a Super Bowl with another piece or two uh, for the puzzle, they'll make a move and, and give up a first round pick, you know, for you to kind of ride out a one or two year stretch uh, for a big time contender. So we'll see what happens there, but you're right. Kirk Cousins, 40 some odd the fact that he makes twice as much as Tom Brady 
is weird. Okay, that's a weird flex by the Minnesota Vikings. I, I never understood. They originally gave him a three-year made-up deal. I didn't think he was deserving of that. And he, they certainly weren't going to give it to him in Washington. Um, they knew what they had here. They had a guy that was like, you know, an almost quarterback. He's almost, you know, what you almost want. Uh, but he's not quite the guy. He just seems to have these brain farts um, in these games. So he can throw for 450 and 75% and you'll still lose. It's just like weird. You know what I mean? He's a weird quarterback in that regards. And, you know, who's the other wide receiver they got that catches everything? Um, Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen. Well, Adam Thielen's now going into what? His 32nd year of life. <laughs> which in the NFL might as well be collecting AARP already. So, you know what I mean? Like at what point do some of these guys, and then they've got some guys on the defensive side of the ball that are hitting free agency. And if they want to keep any of them, you know, Everson Griffin, didn't he have like a mental thing yeah. happen, you, you know, uh, this season in the middle of the season, you know, he had a Oakland, he had a LA, uh, Las Vegas Raiders incident basically in his home. Um, with a pistol on social media, you can't bring him back, right? He's nuts. Mm. Um, Xavier Woods, I can say goodbye. All right, how about that other safety? Uh, Harrison Smith, yeah, he's still yep. on the roster, but he's really, really old. Uh, Patrick Peterson, you can't bring his old man Patrick back, you know. Yeah, sure, he ran a punt back for a touchdown, but <laughs> is he going to give you five more of those in 2022? I don't think so. So, I think you're, you're looking at a, a different makeup of a roster uh, coming into 2022. Yeah. And I think with, with a guy um, like Adolfo Mensa, who comes from this like background of wall street, it seems like um, there's a bit of an analytics background. I, I know um, Minnesota Jack um, who has been on the pod is really excited about the hire and has sort of is very excited about the idea of having a dude who can maybe, um, you know, use that kind of analytical background to make some smart decisions. I mean, my read on it, looking at it, uh, if, if, if I put myself in his shoes, I walk into an organization and go, hmm, we have, you know, 200 and whatever million dollars to spend a year on players and we're giving 45 of it to one dude. I mean, this looks like to me a, a restructure or trade. It has to be one of the two. I don't see a guy who's as smart as this new GM coming in and being comfortable giving, you know, uh, almost a quarter of the, the entire cap, um, you know, to, to a single player that, that doesn't make much sense to me in, in terms of business. That that's a, a lot of your eggs in one basket scenario, surely. Yeah. I don't think you can uh, win uh, in the NFL. Uh, you know, the best news they can hope for is Aaron Rodgers gets out of that division and decides to retire or go play elsewhere. I think that's the the, the ceiling for Minnesota in 2022. That is the best opportunity they have um, to be a serious contender for that division and a playoff spot is if Aaron Rodgers moves on. Because I think, honestly, as constructed currently – all four NFC North teams, you're looking at one playoff spot uh, yeah. available for 
for any of the four. And, and if Aaron stays in, in Green Bay, well, then that's that. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's what every team faced in, in the AFC East while Tom Brady was there. You know, you can just, you can just forget him. You, you know what I mean? Uh, so, I, but the NFL is funny where they, how they structure their contracts. They're not kind of friendly doing business with each other. The teams are in regards to trades and handling contracts. Where in the NBA, you can trade for a player. And sometimes like, you know, you'll trade picks and a certain sum of money mm-hmm. to a team um, for, for the rights to this player. And yes, you have to eat the contract. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, or in the major leagues, as you saw in the movie Moneyball, you know, you're talking about analytics. Uh, this new GM, um, David Justice, had come over and joined the Oakland A's, and yet the Yankees were still playing, paying half of his salary. Um, you know, for for the A's to just get him off of their books. You know, the rest of him, him, his body, his soul, and and the half of his contract off of the books. You know, the Yankees were able to pay half. It doesn't happen so often in the NFL. Most of the time, when you move on and you trade a guy or you release him, you're on the hook for a lot of that dead cap mm. money, and there's really no way out of it. And if Kirk Cousins won't even get the vaccine, and I'm not the biggest vaccine guy you're going to talk to on mm. the internet, okay? Uh, but, you know, we know that he is about as uh, immunized as Aaron Rodgers is, right? <laughs> he's he's kind of you know, a man of faith or whatever. And, and he's pretty adamant about not getting the COVID vaccine. So if he's not going to get that, you know, something you can go to CVS drive through and get, yes. uh, well then <laughs> what makes you think he's going to want to be willing to restructure his deal? And it's got all this guaranteed money in it. I just don't see that. Well, it's interesting, you know, like that. I mean, I feel like he and Wentz um, who, yeah, both, seem pretty clearly um, not keen to get the vaccination and look, people have a right to choose and all that. But I think it is interesting when you put it in the context of um, being out at crucial times of the year, when you're being paid a glut of money, um, you know, someone made the point with, with the Rogers uh, um, thing. Well, I wonder what his expectation is of, of his lineman being vaccinated so that he can be well protected. You know what I mean? There, there is this, this sort of thing I go with Kirk Cousins of, you know, dude, you're like, you're earning $45 million. That's, that's a close, close enough to a quarter of the money your team pays everyone um, to, to have those games at the end of the year where playoffs were on the line and you were unavailable. Um, yeah, that was a big one for me. And I, I, but like you said, it's a tough one in the NFL trying to move on from these guys or find trades because who wants to trade for Kirk Cousins as with a contract as presently constructed? Who wants to take on $45 million Kirk Cousins? And if the Vikings are going to be paying his contract and trade him, then the Vikings might as well keep him because what's the point of paying his money for someone else? You know, like... It's an interesting situation there in Minnesota, um, but I do like the. Yeah, I I do like the hire. I do like the GM hire. He seems like a an interesting dude, and maybe it'll be more like, maybe we have to withhold a little judgment in twenty twenty two and and see what happens in twenty twenty three, um, with whoever they, um, coach. Have you got a Have you got a prediction as to who they might hire the Vikings? You know. Um... 
or who they should hire. Whoever they, <laughs> whoever they, do, whoever they do hire, I have a feeling is, is probably going to be uh, offensive minded. Um, you know, I, I think that if this new GM really likes analytics, um, he's going to be looking at the fact that they play indoors on turf speed, things like that. And he's going to look at the roster and say, you know what, we, we can play some high octane football and we're going to have to score more points than potentially the Packers. Mm. Uh, if Adams and, and Aaron Rodgers stick around in green Bay for one last dance or whatever, uh, Detroit is playing very tough football and it looks like they kind of started to, you know, they, they weren't playing for draft positions towards the end of the year. They're playing everybody really hard and it looked like their offense, even with Jared Goff, spoiler alert, um, playing kind of quasi decent football. Um, we'll have to see, uh, what they do, uh, um, in Chicago, you know what I mean? Um, and maybe we'll talk about them as well, but, uh, you know, there, there are some teams that you got to outscore in your division. And in order to score more points, those analytical stats really kind of come into place. And maybe they go chase a pass catching tight end. We haven't had one in Minnesota for a while, you, mm. you know, that can run, catch, maybe do a little blocking when need be. Um, maybe they want a complimentary running back for Dalvin Cook. Um, but I, I really think it's, it's, it's a score more league yeah. right now. Uh, so, and, and, and that's, they've hung their hat on defense for a little bit. Mike Zimmer, they, they just, they just fired a guy that was a mm. defensive guy. So I, I think maybe now they're going to kind of lean into another direction. Yeah. I think that makes a lot of sense. I mean, when, when you, when you're a team like that, that's got, I mean, you, you want to keep Justin Jefferson putting up numbers. You want to keep Adam Thielen putting up numbers. You want to, I imagine play a, an attractive style of football. Obviously you want to win, but um, when you've got those sorts of weapons, I, I can understand wanting to maximize it, particularly when the team's in your own conference. I mean, you're going to have to go up against the Rams who are putting up points at a rate of knots. You're going to keep going up against the Cowboys, the Cardinals, um, the Packers in your own division. Like there's a lot of high scoring, high powered teams. So I, yeah, I think you're right. It's a, it's a score more, a question of score more, not reduce um, the opponent's score. So uh, another situation I want to look, if we cross over into the other conference, into the AFC, is the Miami Dolphins. Um, I was gobsmacked uh, in your article when you wrote about this, that the Dolphins currently um, – now now they've got no GM at the moment. The Dolphins, or they do. they still got Chris Greer. Um they haven't got a coach yet, but they've got $70 million in cap space in 2022. They've got Tua at quarterback. They've got Devonta Parker who and Jalen Waddle, both under contract, you know, both two pretty good wide receivers. They kind of did all right in the back end of the year. Like they were feisty enough with $70 million to play with, you can add a lot of talent. Like how attractive do you think the dolphins are for a potential head coach? Well, I think the dolphins are always attractive mm -hmm. um, to, to coaches just because they're in the city of Miami. If, if you're a coach and you are married, mm -hmm. um, whether or whatever you're married to man, woman, indifferent, yeah. Um, everybody lived in Miami with, you know, a coach's salary. So, yeah. you know, if you can get that done, 
you've arrived uh, at, at something in your life. Your, your mother can kind of finally say, you know what? My other son's a doctor, but, you know, I got this other one who football in Miami. It's really nice, man. Guest room for us. You should come. Uh, so so I, I think Miami is just an attractive place in general. I, I got the pleasure to finish high school uh, for oddball reasons um, in Miami Beach. Um, so, you know, I have firsthand experience of how beautiful the city is down there. Uh, the, the kind of nightlife for players and, you know, if you're a guy like smoking Jay Gruden, oh my God, he'd be in jail every Friday in Miami. <laughs> but, you know, I think they're going to go that route. I, I, I think that with that cap money, like you mentioned, uh, you've got a young quarterback. Now, we don't really know. Was it Flores that wanted to kind of go for Watson? Was it the ownership and Flores kind of blocked it? Then we heard kind of different reports from different outlets uh, who wanted what. And all I know is that they went into last year. I remember writing about them this time last year. And I found it interesting that Flores had named two guys offensive coordinators. One was going to be in charge of the run game and the other was going to be in charge of the passing game. And maybe one's calling plays on whatever downs and verse vice. I don't, I think it's kind of like having quarterbacks when you've got two, you've got none, you know what I mean? So maybe their offense is kind of what kept them out of some of these games that, you know, sure. They went on a seven game win streak after a seven game loss streak. First team to ever do something weird like that, but you can't, you can't, you know, keep a job doing those kinds of weird things in the NFL. I think you want to have a, a concrete system and says, this is Miami Dolphins football uh, and not this mix and match stuff that you're going to kind of, you, you know, just test out like you're, you know, like this is a science project. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. You, you know, so they're not hiring a, a, a fifth grade science student to coach this team. They're hiring a guy that has a good idea of what he wants to do with $70 million American currency mm. in an off season or not do, um, you know, for that matter, they've got some picks to use. You've got a young quarterback, whether he's your future or not, he's still uh, an under 25 quarterback that was drafted. What? Second overall, yeah. third overall, um, yeah. uh, not years ago. So, you know, it's not like he sucks at football. Let's get mm. one thing straight. Tua Tagovailoa knows how to play football. His brother knows how to play football. So obviously this is not a dumb football family bloodline mm. uh, here. Uh, so I, I think if you're going to take this job in Miami. The biggest thing you have to know is that Ross, the owner, is Ross or Roth? Ross? I think Ross. Ross I right? think Ross. I think Ross. Uh, okay. Yeah. Our, uh, um, so anyway, um, I think the thing you have to know going into taking a gig with, with the Miami Dolphins is that your leash might be shorter than it is in most cities. You know, mm -hmm. we haven't seen him have displaying the most patience for his coaches. Uh, and this goes all the way back to uh, when Bill Parcells, uh, you know, he wanted Bill Parcells, I believe, to be the, the coach. And Parcells, I think he was still the owner when, when – when Parcells took the, the job as the president of the team. Um, and he said, I won't take the coaching job, but I, I can help you find one. And, and I believe he, uh, 
he hired a, a Sicilian guy. I can't remember who he brought in. Um, and they brought in Randy Starks and, and oh, uh, the kid from PG County that was playing in the CFL at the time, uh, uh, quarterback killer God, I can't even think of his name right now, <laughs> but anyway, um, uh, you, you know, and they still had Zach Thomas and, and J- Jason Taylor and, and these types of players on the team, but, um, he's never really allowed a coach to get too comfortable there. You know, if he doesn't like what he sees, he'll move on from you. He doesn't care what he owes you on your deal. Uh, he, he's not afraid to hit that panic button and go hire another guy. So that that's the thing. You better spend wisely. And this isn't, this isn't um, all you can eat free agent market year, in my opinion. Um, you know, maybe you seduce a guy like Aaron Rodgers to come play uh, down in Miami. Uh, but <clears throat> this isn't exactly like every who's who, you, you know, in football is going to be available this offseason. You're going to have to just get some solid players and implement your game plan and, and, and do what you say you're going to do. Either way, it's still an attractive city to, to coach for. Yeah. And, and I think like with like how often do you get to go into a place like that with that much money available to you like this feels like that's an insane opportunity and you know like it almost gives you a limitless number of potential moves um you know if you want to like i think if you wanted to trade Tua, for instance, if you want to, if you were thinking, well, I, well, we want to go get Aaron Rodgers. One with seventy million uh, in the cap, it's possible you could not only go and get Aaron Rodgers, but you could go and maybe try and lure Devontae Adams down with him and get the, the 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 duo from the Packers to come and play together in Miami. Like that's the kind of money you have. I don't think that's necessarily the most realistic thing that they would do, but man it gives you some 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 wiggle room to do things and it's not like going to the giants where there seems like a a talent deficit it's like the giants are sort of you know they're over the cap and they actually don't have that much talent on the roster like the dolphins have cap space and they've got a lot of you know fun sort of pieces to play with like this seems like an incredible job um Another name I thought of to to go to Miami for for some reason. I was wondering whether Juju Smith Schuster might find his way there as a as a wide receiver. I don't reckon he's in Pittsburgh. I I reckon you can get him at cheaper money than you would have been able to last season because he's coming off that year of injury and that kind of thing. I think Juju is still a really good wide receiver as well. He's underrated, um, tough sort of player, despite what the TikTok reputation says. Um, he's a physical wide receiver. I, I think that'd be a nice receiving core with, with Smith Schuster, Jalen Waddle, and Devontae Parker. Um, that'd be a nice three thing. Oh, and, and I mean, Gasicki as well, if they choose to re-sign him. Yeah, I think this is a really attractive they gotta, position. They gotta, they, I think they, they really, Gasicki is going to be the guy that I think, uh, him and Agba are the two players that I think they really try to get to stick around for, for yeah. this next regime. Smith-Schuster is a great possession wide receiver if used correctly and healthy at the same time. Uh, Getting those two things, that's like when opportunity and desire collide 
good stuff happens where you gotta get them to collide. You know yeah. what I mean? That that's the only thing with Juju Smith Schuster. Are we gonna get the 2019 Juju that just got the puppy? Yeah, uh, you, you know what I mean? The little bubble or whatever he's yeah. got that's got more followers than you and I combined on you know any of our social media outlets. Uh, all together, or, or the one that's kind of you know, ah, is Juju going to play this week? Eh, well, who knows? We'll see game day. Uh, you, you know what I mean? It's a, you don't want to pay ten million dollars for the maybe guy. Yeah. You want to get the guy that's going to catch the third down balls on third and six. Mm. Uh, you know, between the seams, I think that that's the uh, Juju Smith schuster that, that you want to get for, for the money if you're going to go out and use some of that 70 million ish cut old for a guy so, like you so if i if i put you on the spot i say you john turner you're the gm they got rid of chris greer and they installed john turner as gm um one that would be a, a massive upgrade on the chris greer hire um but two what are you what are you going to do apart from you know like spending up big on the town uh, in Miami, uh, are you going to stick with Tua or, and, and build around him? Or are you going to go and try and lure Aaron Rodgers or, you know, similar big name quarterback down to Miami? I, I think I do stick with Tua. I think you um, stick with the kids under 23, 24 years old. You've got seven and some change million dollars a year for the next two seasons guaranteed on his deal. So if you move on from him now, it's going to cost you 14 million next year. And you don't want to hire a coach that's now taking a $14 million hit because you decided to move on from a, a two-year veteran quarterback who was drafted second or third overall. You, you know, that, that would just be silly, I think. Uh, I think you give more rope to young quarterbacks drafted that high than, than that. Um, my big gripe with Tua has always been he's left-handed. Okay, so whatever coach uh, that I've got uh, uh, powering my offense, has he coached a left-handed quarterback before? If not, how willing is he to figure out how to reverse his entire playbook? Yeah. Uh, and, and can we, you know, because when you have a left-handed quarterback, your right tackle is more valuable than your left tackle. Everything you learn and know about football has to flip and reciprocate to the mm -hmm. other side of the field. Okay. So like every, every play you draw up in the sand, dirt, wherever your, your chalkboard, uh, whiteboard, whatever, uh, uh, projector screen, all of this stuff is now the other way around. Okay. And that's why we don't have a lot of hall of fame left-handed quarterbacks to talk about. Okay. Because coaches don't like it. They don't, it's uncomfortable. They have to change what they do. Uh, so that that is number one. If you stick with Tua, and I would, um, can I find a guy that's willing to deal with a left-handed quarterback that's that, that already, you know, it, it better be one of the first things he talks about within the first 30 seconds of his interview is yeah. how he's going to work with a left-handed guy. Um, you know, so maybe you're looking at Martin Brunel. For yeah. somebody, you <laughs> so, know, but, a natural lefty that's kind of worked in the league in the coaching ranks, you know, to come in and help you uh, so, with that. But if, if you don't do that, uh, and number two, to answer your <clears throat> uh, stick with Tua thing, keep bringing in Alabama guys, and I'd hire Ed Reed in some form or fashion. Get him out of the University of Miami. He's their president of um, 
football personnel, I believe, or, or football operations, I think, right now. Uh, mm-hmm. They also just hired Ken Dorsey to be their offensive coordinator. Get, get both of those guys from, yep. them, from the U and bring them to the Miami Dolphins. Get some local flavors in there and teach them Miami football. You think so? So then you'd be leaning offensive-minded head coach with the with the um, ability to work and develop Tua. You better. Yeah, okay. you'll be out of here. Did you know? Did you know? I didn't know this until I spoke with Ryan Brackenridge a few weeks ago. That Tua does everything right-handed except throw. That is weird. His his dad <laughs> taught, taught him to throw the football left-handed. I couldn't believe that. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. Maybe, uh, maybe it was a reverse psychology thing because, you know, left-handed pitchers in the major leagues, yeah. te- like if you're an ace lefty, you tend to get a bigger contract than an ace righty because there's mm. more ace righties available. And then it's the whole left-handed pitcher versus right-handed batter, you know, matchup thing. You know what I mean? So, like, yeah. the, your matchups shrink. Your, your possibilities. So, like, if you're really good at throwing lefty, um, you can score a big deal. And maybe that's the the science behind that. Teach this kid how to throw left. He'll be the only one of the kind. You know, <laughs> like I got my watch. Just don't feed him after midnight. You know what right. I mean? <laughs> yeah, don't feed left-handed quarterbacks <laughs> after midnight. Um, <laughs> um, Everybody uh, wants to pet him. He's unique. <laughs> that's <you know>? right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think where we go next. I want to. I want to hit one more, maybe two more. Um, oh, there's so many good spots, and people should go and read all of it because it's an awesome article on a footballworld.com. Go and look it up. It's um, NFL ranking the available coaching vacancies. I do really want to talk about Denver because obviously there's all the Aaron Rodgers talk, and and they've hired someone. So I'd be interested to to hear your take on. The fact they've hired Nathaniel Hackett, that's kind of got a link to Aaron Rodgers because he's been Rodgers' offensive coordinator or, you know, slash QB coach or whatever. Um, His official title is under um, LaFleur. But I also think it's interesting. Denver is going into, you know, new ownership. You know, it's it's theoretically going to be under new ownership next season. there's lots of names out there in the pool of who's going to, who's going to own the Broncos. You've still got the ghost of John Elway haunting around the the halls of mile high stadium. Um, They've got $42 million in cap room and a pretty good team, right? Like where do you rate this as a landing spot for a, how do you think Nathaniel Hackett's going to go here? Do you think he's landed himself in a great position? Well, yes, I, I, I think he is in a great position if um, he doesn't piss off John Elway. And that's the, that, that's the key component. I think John Elway, once he starts to not like you anymore, you're, you're a dead man walking. Uh, so, you know, if, if he could come in and, and work with what he's got, and, and of course, Dave, John Elway decided to relinquish general manager duties um, to, to a guy last year. Um, and they, they, they're pretty sound spenders in Denver. It's a great city to live in. There's a lot of activities. If you've got children that are teenagers or anywhere near them, they're going to have a blast snowboarding and skiing and canoeing and kayaking and all the, all the, you know, all the X games Mm. you can do, uh, in Denver. 
they've even got psychedelic drugs if you're into that thing. So, you know what I mean? You can do mushrooms and listen to Pink Floyd up there. So, but anyway. Um, Aaron Rodgers is on his way. Mile high, mile high for nothing. But, uh, but anyway, I, I think that uh, it is a great place to live. It's a great place to buy a home, have a family. Um, it's never really been like a high stress area you know i can't ever really remember like coaches kind of leaving denver and going oh my god the media chewed me to bits or mm. oh it was such a terrible owner to work for now who knows you could get a crazy guy like dan snyder by the team and then <laughs> your, life, your life just goes right down the tubes uh counterclockwise like archimedes or whatever but um i think that uh you know this is a team You've got you've got uh, not CD Lamb, the other guy, um, Jerry Judy. Uh, Jerry Judy, uh, the guy that played with him, right? Uh, yeah. so, so you've got him. You've got Noah Font. You've got um, uh, Cortland Sutton. Tim These Patrick. Time weapon. Uh, yeah. So like you, they've tried to kind of the gauntlet at, at running back, and you know, but running backs you can you can find nowadays you can find a guy. You you get some twenty one year old running from the cops now and sign him. He's a great he's a great running back. You know what I mean? It's like wow, I saw him hop the fence. Guy didn't drop a single dollar out of that satchel uh, running away from the police. Let's get him a contract. So so like you know you you can find a kid or tote to rock. I think in the NFL uh, and give you two years. You don't have to you know it, he doesn't have to be Jim Brown. Yeah. Um, so, but, but on defense, see, that's where they got a little bit of retooling. You know, they tried to go out and get a couple of corners in free agency. I don't think either one, uh, panned out to be what they wanted out of them. They got Kyle Fuller from Chicago and they also paid a few bucks for, uh, Dar uh Darby, Ronald Darby from, from Washington. Um, I mean, you know, that's $50 million worth of cornerbacks that, you know, had a couple of picks between them. So, you, you know what I mean? You need more than that. I mean, they've hmm. got a safety that's aging, that's hitting free agency. So they got to work on that back. You, you know, they got to kind of retool that area. Von Miller, big part of the front seven. Um, they're going to need one or two pieces there. But you've got the places on offense, uh, pieces on offense outside of the quarterback position, of course. You need one of those, which is, I heard important in the National Football League. Um, if you can get a quarterback, you know, the, that's a 500-style quarterback, maybe, maybe they got the room. Maybe they make a move for Kirk Cousins. You yeah. never know. You know, he seems yeah. like a Denver, Colorado kind of guy, to yeah. be honest with you. But I don't know that I'm a, if I'm a new coach that I want to put all my eggs in a Kirk Cousins basket. Maybe this guy, Nathaniel Hackett. Oh, God, could this be a situation like Coach Diamato? on any given Sunday where he leaves for another team that just signs him and brings the quarterback with him, uh, Aaron Rodgers. And, oh, my God, can you imagine um, Devontae Adams showing up in the same limousine or helicopter, you, you know, whatever. They get out and these two guys wearing bolo ties show up in, in the mile high. Uh, and, and can you see Adams playing with, uh, the you know Sutton and Font and 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 uh, Judy. Oh my God! Right here, you've got the best eleven L, uh, eleven personnel package in the National Football League, and you guys haven't even held a practice yet. So mm. we'll see what happens. 
I like Denver as, as a spot and congratulations to Hackett for, for convincing John Elway to write a check. Yeah, absolutely. I, I saw some interviews with that dude. He's, he seems fun. He seems like a good balance of like, he's not like an uber young, um, you know, bright offensive mind. He's got a bit of experience under his belt, but he also seems like a different kind of cat. Like he was talking about how he taught um, break dancing in college um, to help pay his bills and that sort of thing. I so, taught break dancing. Oh, well, there you go. So you've Love got... That. You've got the qualifications to go and coach in Denver. <laughs> wow. Throw the resume. Oh, <laughs> oh, wow. I'm going to have to create a new move called the Hackett or something <laughs> like that. You know, the Hackett. <laughs> right. That's right. Um, Nathaniel can hack it. Um, so I, I think Rogers, I think Rogers to Denver in this light makes all too much sense. And I get the feeling a little bit like Brady. I mean, not that Brady was in need of championships because he already had them, but I've, I think that Rogers is in a point in his career where it's like, you're not going to have to pay him Kirk Cousins money. For instance, I don't think, you know, Rogers isn't going to be looking for a $45 million deal. He needs super bowls now to, to, to finish off his NFL resume. Um, so I feel like that's kind of, I think, it, I think you could get him um, in Denver with his offensive coordinator um, at a price that doesn't cripple your cap for the next couple of years. Well, well the, the, the biggest thing is, is that if Hackett can, you know, they're texting, right? They're sexy. <laughs> they, they are making sweet loving uh over facebook messenger or text they are blowing their bandwidth up um <laughs> Hackett sending him break dancing uh, videos your face timing what i'm saying is that if you're a first year head coach okay and you were just working with aaron Rodgers, who is basically responsible for your first and last name let's get yeah. one thing straight like who is Daniel Hackett? Oh, I don't know. He's just some assistant coach that got to coach Aaron Rodgers. Uh, okay, what exactly did he do there? Probably listen to Aaron Rodgers. All right, so so I think if you, if you, if you can get into that Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes and lure him to mile high, your new offense, you went from being an offensive coordinator uh, to being the head coach, and now you've brought in your quarterback slash offensive coordinator in Aaron Rodgers. This is the Aaron Rodgers show. And you, you related it into Tom Brady. It's like, how good is Byron Leftwich? How smart is the guy? Or how smart is Bruce Arians? Like you, you were smart enough to get Tom Brady. Okay. So bravo there. Right. But, but you got Tom Brady. You, your job was to just not screw it up. Uh, mm. And I think that's kind of what you would get with, with bringing Aaron Rodgers to Denver. You're right. Another facet, one thing, one more thing is that Aaron Rodgers, like Tom Brady, first pompous as he comes off sometimes. And, you know, maybe people think he's a control freak or he's too arrogant or whatever. People have all these things to say about guys that win a lot, Mm -hmm. right? You you know, for for, for somebody that never wins, you get a lot to say about winners. Uh, But but anyway, Aaron Rodgers has never really been one of the top three highest paid quarterbacks in the league. He's always kind of, so that's always kind of told me that he understands the team building thing. And we're going to need some other pieces. We're going to need to pay these guys 
So, you know, let's figure out a way to give me just enough money to be happy, but I, I don't need to kill this organization. You, mm. you know, uh, I understand that I, I can't be the only, you know, pony in the show. So anyway, that, that's, uh, I think you would be a great fit. I, I'm with you on that. Yeah. Yeah. I think it makes a lot of sense. And, um, you know, that they've got so much in place, particularly on the offense. So, um, it seems like a ready-made fit. And can you imagine the AFC West with Rogers, Mahomes, and Herbert going head to head multiple times a year? What and Rogers, Mahomes, yeah, that's that's crazy to think about, right there. That is kind of crazy. What if the matchup? What if the Raiders lured Russell Wilson and suddenly you've got Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, and Justin Herbert in one division? <laughs> oh, man, that could be insane. Um, uh, even worse, if the, Ra- the Raiders get somebody like uh, Jim Harbaugh and he can just as Tom Brady uh, oh, to, to have one last dance in Vic. Oh, that would be the stupidest thing I've ever seen. That would be amazing. I mean, even if we just get three of the four, I mean, and, and let's face it, Derek Carr's not the worst quarterback in the league either. Like that would be a pretty um, top heavy division in terms of quarterback the means, talent. Holy shit. The means would be fire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the exactly. means would be off the um, all right, let's finish with one more, then I'll let you go and people should go and check out the rest of the article. Let's finish with the New Orleans Saints. Um, so this, this, this team is insane. You go from like basically being perennial, like conference championship contender to suddenly being $74 million over the cap. Michael Thomas seemingly will never play another game for the team. That's kind of what it feels like. Um, you have no quarterback clearly defined at the position you're sort of like uh, Jameis Winston's a free agent. Again, um, you've got Ian book who looked like uh, a skinny, like eight year old running around out there in the, in the one time he got to start, you've got, you know, the storm and Mormon in, in Taysom Hill. Um, <laughs> I don't know how he keeps getting paid. And then your head coach walks away. What, what is like, is this an attractive landing spot? And how do they get out of this? How do they get back to like, are we about to see a massive, like blow it up, trade all the best pieces and rebuild it? Or is there a way do you think for them to get back quickly to the, to the top? I, I think uh, you, you, you're going to hire a guy that loves the city of new Orleans, um, mm. a guy that wants to coach there and a guy that understands that his first season or two are pretty much discarded throwaway seasons. I think that has to be also the expectation of the guy that hires the next coach, okay, whether it's the owner directly or the GM, um, you know. So I I think if you're the Saints as an organization, you have to look at your roster as constructed and say, we need a lot. We've got a lot of work in front of us here. And – I think it's time to move on from some of these players. If you're going to kind of Houston Texans-esque, hold on to Michael Thomas, a disgruntled, uh, whatever, oft-injured, you know, player. You can't really trade him unless you restructure. Is he going to allow that to happen? Um, If you can restructure and move him, great. Great for you because – 
some idiot of a team will probably, you know, be willing to give you a first or, you know, a couple of mid-round picks for him and you can get him off the books with a little to, you know, barring restructure, a little, you know, uh, long-term impact to your salary cap. Mm-hmm. Alvin Kamara, I hate paying running backs a lot of guaranteed money um, in the National Football League. I, I'm, I, you know, just looking around at most of them, once you pay them the big bucks, they immediately start to fall off. Like it's almost like clockwork. It, mm-hmm. it, there was just something about the running back positions. They, they moan, they moan, they moan, they want a big deal. And then all of a sudden, poof, you pay them. And now they're averaging a yard plus less per carry than they used to. It's like, my God, I thought I'd pay you more. You'd give me more and you give me less for more money. And what the hell did we do that for? So it's like you almost set your franchise back two or three years at that position. The moment you give away a big check to a running back, um, <laughs> you might get one more great year out of these guys, but it usually doesn't happen that way. Um, yes quarterback what the hell are they going to do you know what i mean you're obviously not going to get tom brady to come to the big easy because you ain't got no money to pay him or anybody that looks like him um you know plays like him uh you know so you got to take one on the team you just got to draft well all right use all of your draft picks don't trade for anybody don't trade picks to get anybody uh, already established nfl players you're not competing for anything uh in 2022 and, and you're probably hoping to get to 500 or now that they play an odd number of games, you know, nine and eight, eight and nine uh, in 2023. I think that's kind of got to be your expectation as a franchise and use this next year to work off some of that debt, some of that awful cap situation that you've got. Get some young talent in there, learn the new system under the coach that you are confident in hiring, um, stick with him because you know you're going to take a year or two on the chin and uh, and you move forward in that regards. I like New Orleans in a dome. I think they are supposed to be built through offense. You're going to need a quarterback for that. Get a guy like Gardner Minshew in there. He'll play for a terrible, you know, performing franchise. He'll play anywhere that's willing to give him the starting job. And can you imagine him on Bourbon Street? They would love him. They would eat <laughs> him up like, like, uh, like Valentine's Day candy. <laughs> okay, it'll be all over it. Um, you know, and he would look great dressing up like a chief. You know yeah. what I mean? For Mardi Gras, something like that. The big chief, uh, Gardner Minshew. Oh, he would be perfect down there, even if he plays at a mediocre level, because he can make um, he can make the team more fun to watch. And when you're when you're losing, or when you're kind of like in the middle of the pack in the NFL, as long as you've got a couple you know, nice personalities that your fans can get behind Mm. that makes losing a lot less painful to watch. Okay. If you can really kind of say, you know what, we're not great. We got that guy, man. I love him. I'll lose with him any day. Then I'll, you know, prefer to do that than than win with that asshole over there. (laughs) Excuse my English. But uh, I I think that's kind of what they should be looking to do. You know, get get some draft picks in there, move on from some guys that don't want to buy into the new Saints direction. Let a coach, I think they're going to hire a young guy, you know, versus an older retread guy. But, uh, you know, if they were going to hire somebody in their 40s or 50s, make it Ed Orgron, the man from New Orleans. Give him 
Go Tigers, go Saints. You know what I mean? He's already Catholic. He's already from the city. You know what I mean? Just just give him the keys to your organization and there won't be an unhappy fan in the stands. If Not it, a single one. You could lose, you could go one in 16 <laughs> um, next year, but with Coach O, nobody cares. You'd fill that stadium up. He he would be um the the Louisiana version of Dan Campbell. I feel like that's what that that hire is. You know, like someone someone who would I think I think you're right. I think I'll go with a young guy. I wonder about um I mean I don't know. His stock kind of has seemed to be uh, trending in the wrong direction. But um, Joe Brady was with the Saints. He was with LSU. Um, the Panthers got rid of him. I I, I personally am not a I was a Matt Rule fan and have rapidly become not a Matt Rule fan. It seems like um, the the motive, uh, the modus operandi is to get rid of everybody else and kind of uh, shift a little bit of the blame. I think he horrifically managed the quarterback situation in Carolina this year. Like there was just, uh, I I thought it was um, quite amateurish to be honest. Um, the way that they flooded uh, Cam Newton in there for a bit, Sam Darnold in there for a bit, uh, PJ Walker sometimes, sometimes in the same game. It, it was really poor. So I don't know. I think, I don't know if Joe Brady's the guy really. He was a name, I think maybe two years ago, if this vacancy was there, that his stock would have been in the right direction. But there are ties to the city. He is an offensive minded guy. Um, one, Just one more little point. Oh, how, Sorry, you go. How would this tie to the city? He's a New Orleans native, I believe, a Louisiana native. I know that. Went to LSU, uh, joined the LSU coaching staff under uh, Coach O before last season. Um, longtime great New England Patriot Kevin Falk. Mm. Uh, you know, he doesn't have a ton of head coaching, or he doesn't have any head coaching experience, mm. but he's definitely won some Super Bowls. Okay, mm. so he's won at the highest level. He's learned from the highest level of co- head coaches ever, almost now at both levels uh, uh, yes. with Ed Orgeron uh, experience. And, of course, Bill Belichick before him, he's played with Tom Brady. I mean, he's caught a ridiculous amount of first downs from Tom Brady. Uh, he has seen greatness, um, and he's from New Orleans. He's already uh, half Cajun, if not 100%. So you've <laughs> gone go Go and get yourself a, a one million dollar head coach. Give him a few years. See if he can't figure it out and and bring in every uh, you know occasion uh, assistant he can find out there on the market and see if they can't recreate something special uh, for the Bayou. It's a shame. Uh, he I was a big fan of um, Rage and Cajuns coach Billy Napier. I love the cut of his jib. Um, uh, maybe not ready to jump to the pro game yet. He's, he's done, you know, he's obviously gone over to Florida and that thing. And some of those guys never want to make the jump. They don't want to deal with NFL, you know, the, the NFL level of things. They prefer the, the recruiting format, the coaching format of college, but I've really liked all the interviews I've seen with Billy Napier. Hopefully he does well at Florida. Um, one last little point on the saints. I don't reckon it's quarterback in the draft this year. They don't, their, their round one pick this year is number 18. Um, so unless mm-hmm. you're recouping picks um, through trade or something, I almost wonder if you draft at other positions, as you say, roll with a Gardner Minshew or 
shit. Even if you had to roll Taysom Hill out there for a year, give him the year of starting that he's always desired. And then next year, when you've got players like Bryce Young um, and CJ Stroud hitting the draft, that might be where you go out and get your quarterback as New Orleans. You wait for 2023, having done the groundwork. And then you're not wasting a rookie year of a QB deal either. If you go and get him in 2023. How about Cole Kelly, the southeastern Louisiana kid, six foot seven, two hundred gigantor. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's a, a woolly mammoth, uh, and he's, he's from down there. Uh, you, you know, it's another situation like hiring Coach O. You, you get this kid; they're going to root for him. They're going to hope he does the best, even if he stinks the joint up. It doesn't matter. It's it's kind of like. Um, uh, uh, Peyton and Eli's father when he was the Saints quarterback. He was horrible there. Yeah, you know, they, they didn't win a game, but everybody loved him because he was a local guy. You know what I mean? They didn't care whether he won or lost. We'll lose as long as he's our guy. You, you know, just, just, just make sure that he keeps his job and we'll keep showing up for the team. Sometimes that means more to other cities than, in, 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 you know, from place to place. You know, obviously it, that doesn't mean the same thing in L.A. or New York or Chicago where results are really dictative of how long you get to keep your job. But in these smaller cities, um, fans tend to be a little bit more dedicated, a little bit more sentimental, um, you know what I mean, uh, versus some of these larger cities or white collar cities like Dallas, Washington, you know what I mean? More fair weather people. Uh, as much as I love my Washington football team, I know that half the Washington football team fans are absolutely stupid. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and yeah I, talk, I talk to all of the thousands of them, okay? Yeah. And I'm, I leave these conversations thinking, this guy's stupid. No wonder we suck as a football <laughs> team. We got guys like this following him that actually have their own opinions. Oh, God. You know, I, I totally they call into local radio and they actually give them more than 30 seconds to talk. I can't believe it. <laughs> I, I, I totally get what you mean though. Sometimes when you're in the middle in the NFL, um, if, if there's a storyline you can follow, like it makes up for the fact that you're not going to win the Super Bowl. Like for me, this year was one of the most satisfying years of following the Steelers because we were, we were a really good, bad team. You know, we were not a, we were a bad team and we got pretty decent results. It was fun to watch that that pass rush, you know, blitz people. Um, it was hilarious to watch, you know, the the stone gargoyle uh, Ben Roethlisberger try and throw, you know, these loopy 30-yard deep balls to chase Claypool. There was something fun for me following the Steelers this year. And the same when Ben was injured and we had Duck Hodges for those, you know, six games. That was great. Duck Hodges was a great story and a great follow. You guys were the definition of the old college try this year. <laughs> uh, you're right. You know, you didn't see anybody quit on the team or the coaches or, or anything like that. You know, they didn't have any malcontents really uh, at all that I can think of. Um, and uh, you guys competed pretty much with everybody, win, lose, or or draw and you guys did draw once didn't you yeah yeah the didn't lions <laughs> yeah uh, so yeah draw the lions ah with and Ma like, mason rudolph mason rudolph that game 30 of 50 for about 220 yards um and was was pressured on zero percent of of dropbacks 
So you like that is exhibit at the Hall of Fame by itself, right there. That, that's like this is the reason why you can't move forward with Mason Rudolph. He wasn't pressured on any drop back, and he completed thirty of fifty, um, and then tied the Lions. Um, John, as usual, you've said it all. You've done it all. People should go and read your article, NFL ranking the available coaching vacancies on a footballworld.com. I know you've got another cool piece. Uh, in the pipeline, I don't know if you want to give people a little teaser of what that's going to be um, coming up for uh, in the next, I don't know, few days, next week. Uh, it'll be up tomorrow, probably oh. before noon. Um, sure, why in the hell not? I, I, I have kind of, sort of locked down a uh, USFL um, power rankings based nice. on the head coaches selected by the league. They released their last two selections or signed coaches tonight uh and those two guys were oh big splash jeff fisher the, the yeah. mustache ride uh and uh <laughs> and, uh, the other guy, uh crying out loud again thinking who the other guy was at this moment i've yeah. already written about him so i yeah. should remember this but but anyway uh they've now they've got all eight they're gonna launch into uh, oh by the way their, their draft is three weeks from now uh you know uh, <laughs> 23rd of February, they're going to be drafted. So, so thank God they got they got their uh, seventh and eighth guy in the house. So I went ahead and tried to come up with a power rankings, but it's not really so much more of a power rankings as it is uh, just kind of getting to know these eight coaches in a way that um, as I started to write it, I became a little bit more infatuated with each coach, kind of just appreciative of their bodies of work. Cause sometimes we just see a name come across the internet. Oh, they've hired this guy. We go, who, mm. you, you know, and, and you do a little Googling, you watch a few videos, you, you kind of look at the stat sheet and you look at the players that played under their, you know, coaching experience and go, you know what, this guy did a pretty good job. You know what? And, and that's a pretty smart hire upon further review uh, <laughs> after the replay um you know i like the i like the hire by the league so you know while i still think and you and i probably both agree usfl does a crummy job of getting out there to the public and making their league look exciting uh mm. and professional um it looks as though they've actually hired eight professional men mm. to be head coach and general managers of their eight inaugural 2022 20, relaunch teams mm. Uh, so, you know, whatever we were relaunched, launched uh, yeah. 1.0, 2.0. We don't know what the hell the USFL is. Is it the spring league? What is it? It doesn't matter. They've got eight pretty good, bright, bright football minds um, that have decided to accept the job. And, and I'm, I'm quite frankly happy about them. So I don't know where they all rank one through eight. You know, yeah. I don't know whether I actually will numerically rate them. Uh, or if I'll kind of just predict what I think the win-loss record will be according to the fact that they play their division twice mm. and the other division once each. So maybe I'll just put a 10-week a, a uh, uh, record prediction up there and, and you guys figure out the rankings from there. That sounds great. It'll be an awesome read as usual and no doubt we'll, uh, we'll try and get you on to have a chat about it as well. So um, he's John Turner. I'm Jake Botel. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Jake Botel Sports Experience. 
please go and follow me on Twitter, the JBSE on Twitter. Go and follow John at a footballworld.com on Twitter and YouTube. Uh, all those things, go and give the website a read because it is full of awesome, independently produced sports content, predominantly football, but there is there is scope for other articles and that sort of thing as well. So go to a footballworld.com, tell your friends, tell your enemies, um, tell your mother-in-law, uh, whatever it is. All right, until next time, guys, thank you very much.